This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Knockout Podcast episode 48 now. Um, closing in on the half century um, um, and we're greeted this week by uh, perhaps, uh, as we're saying, one of the longest fight cards um, in terms of average fight time, only one uh, one finish on the previous card. But what we have got to look forward to is um, one of one of the one of the best times in in UFC sort of card previewing is a triple championship fight card, a triple championship pay per view event with a stacked rest of the card and a stacked prelims. It's probably going to be one of UFC's biggest pay per views in terms of like quality of the year. I would say. You'll, you'll probably get one more of these towards the end of the year, but this is probably sort of prelim to main event, one of the stacks, one of the most stacked cards of the year. Yeah, it's one of the big ones. Um, so, yeah, that's that's fun to look forward to. And it's just an insanely long card as well, like 15 fights. Um, I feel like it just looks a lot longer than most. I think you get like 12, 13 is kind of like the average, but this is, I think I counted it, 15, um, which is insane. So, yeah, four on the four on the early no five in fact six six six, six, six on the early the, <laughs> I was still, still just scrolling down and there was yeah. six on the early prelim but yeah you normally sort of get like two yeah um, um six on the early that is crazy so yeah real big card that we've got coming up uh, and it's actually got quite a lot of good fights on it as well so um a lot to be enjoyed there but before that we should have a look back and at some of the let's say kind of underwhelming fights that we had at the weekend. Yeah. Um yeah, well, yeah, where, where do where do you want to start? Should we should we should we start with that main event? Yeah, um, let's start with that. So again, unanimous decision over Rosenstrike. My 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 sort of last minute Rosenstrike switch was <laughs> um not one of my finest. But yeah, I mean a very sort of professional um, measured p- performance by Cyril Gann and and whilst whilst Rosenstrock didn't really get going um, ever really in this fight yeah. I think <laughs> I think you know at least a majority of that has to go down to a, a good solid game plan from Cyril Gann which you know kept him at range and, it, and if he tried to get in he just sort of leg kicked him moved off used the jab used, used the takedown you know, a very sort of unheavyweight-esque performance from from yeah. someone who is sort of breaking the mold when it when it comes to sort of heavyweight fighting. Yeah, as you said, like professional is kind of the word. Um, did just kind of really just jabbed him up, kept him at range and at bay with that. Uh, Rosenstroke didn't really have anything to kind of go off um, with that. He had no answer to like to try and counter the jab or to make anything happen. Um, and then he also hit multiple takedowns as well. So well-rounded performance, kicked kicked well, jabbed well, grappled well. Um, can't ask for more. And we said in kind of like the preview to this that this will be a fight that we do learn something about Cyril Gann. And although it was more of an underwhelming performance, um, I do think that's true. Um, as we'll touch on later when we get to the Blakovic Adesanya fight, one thing that... Gan did here really well was he stayed very disciplined, which fighters do sometimes struggle to do um, to kind of like stay on focus um, is like a positive attribute. And one that's 
fairly rare at heavyweight, I'd say. Um, so, yeah, being able to do that, um, I think that does bode well. So, even if it's not the most impressive performance, as in to go out there and dominate him or finish him, um, it was it was solid and we saw some things that we kind of needed to see. Uh, but really, outside of that, there's not too much to be said, really, about it. Yeah, I think I think you really um, covered most of that there. I mean, for Rosenstrike, I don't really know what to say. I mean, it was like, you know, in the in the Overeem fight, and 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 I think in in the JDS fight, sort of prior to him sort of getting the finish, there is this. I don't, I don't even know whether it, it could, it's not it's not reluctance to throw because when he does, because he does, you know, he does let him let, let himself go, but it's just like. It just doesn't do it enough. It just yeah. it just sits back, waiting. You know, he clearly has been set up as, as like a counterpuncher. But then I think of all the best work he's done, especially at the at the sort of you know upper echelons of the division. You know, in his performance against Overeem, in his performance against JDS, his best work was what his his best work was when he was forced to come on to someone because yeah. the countering goal doesn't work. You know, I've not seen. Yeah, okay, maybe maybe in his early days, I think of his performance against Alan Crowder and against um Arlovsky. You know, those times people were running onto him and, and he could and he could use use that power and that counting ability. You know, these these other guys, you know, higher up the division, they know what they know what they're coming up against, and they're happy to just pick at him from range. And or in the likes of Ngani, just sort of walk through him. But that's you know we, we can't we that's can't we can't, we can't we can't really use him as the blueprint. Yeah, um, it's not a very repli- replicable game plan for like others. No, <laughs> just being so, Garni. I don't know really where he goes because it's quite clear that this sort of sit back countering with the sort of left uh, hook or or, or or the jab or whatever he was trying to do. And it's not the lead work. leg kick. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to come out of his shell more and he's got to be, you know, figure out a way to either better impart this countering game plan or, or to get himself in range more against against the fighters that are just willing to to sit back. Yeah. Um and yeah, for Gan, um it was a bad fight. Well, it was yeah, it was a kind of bad fight. But unlike, say, like a lot of Tyron Woodley fights or like Adesanya Romero. Um, it is the kind of bad fight that is acceptable and you can't really put blame on Gan for that. Like the blame should go on Rosenstroke because like Gan was clearly winning. So like that's the kind of bad fight you're allowed. Whereas like Adesanya Romero um, was a terrible fight and no one was really clearly winning. So like, what are they doing? Um, but no, Gan was like easily having his way. So can't really put any blame on him. Although Dana White did kind of try Um of course, because for some reason he hates to promote his own fighters. Um, but what you can do, stay in a white. Yeah, that is that is very true. Um, but yeah, good win for Gan. He now keeps his name up there. Um, who knows what's next? But it could be something like Derek Lewis, maybe, or yeah, probably. Uh, that probably seems like the most likely um, option. Which... But but we'll wait and see. Early thoughts, like he should battle Lewis, but also maybe not. This is Derek Lewis, <laughs> as we continually say. Um, yeah. Moving on to the light heavyweight, uh, Ankalav Krilov. Um, Ankalav sort of coming in with quite a lot of hype after his, well, continued sort of building hype that he's had 
well ever since he's been in the UFC. Um, and and, and Krilov really did his um, his best job, or tried to do his best job, sort of as he did with with Johnny Walker, to sort of you know grind a boring fight out of someone and, and nick it 29-28. Um, failed <laughs> to do that. Fortunately, Frank um, Well, I think he managed to grind the boring fight out, but he yes, didn't manage to win. That is true. Uh, so you've succeeded yeah. in some respect, I suppose. This um, is true. Um, but yeah, uh, th- there's really not a whole lot we can take from this other than, <laughs> you know, good job Ankalaev sort of got the win. Crikey, don't put a prospect in with Nikita Krilov because it is... I mean, I'm not even sure I don't put anyone in there with, 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 with Krilov at, at, at this rate because... <laughs> It's just impressive his his success rate of dull fights. Yeah, it was it was not for like I'm not gonna lie, I can barely even remember it. It was like <laughs> so I remember Krilov got a takedown like fairly early round one. Outside of that, um I really can't remember much. I was like Yeah, I think Ankalaev got the, got one in the third and then he was doing and then sort of sort of second round, I think he landed just like the better like dis like outrange leg kicks or something yeah. it was hard. yeah if you're gonna go at someone for a boring fight style crikey Dana let's just let's let's put up the key <laughs> to Krillon for that sort of performance um but yeah not the best but I guess the positive in that Ankel I've got a victory and yeah he keeps his he keeps his um onward momentum sort of you know, upwards in the light heavyweight division but certainly will need better performances um, probably against more willing opponents uh, in the future um elsewhere i guess there's well one 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 or two more we can touch on the main one will be um what we called to be fight of the night which was fight of the night um, i think a lot yeah. of people could see this a mile off um, in a in a uh, a main card filled with alex Caceres, light heavyweights and headweights and women's flyweights uh, the, the, the bantamweight <laughs> fight was clearly going to be the fight yeah. of the night but it did deliver um munoz rivera um munoz i mean battering the leg um yeah. but essentially from like the first minute of the fight um and using that to good to good effect along with other things to get a a very, a very solid, very impressive 30-27. Well, and then there was one 29-28, but a very solid unanimous decision. Yeah, I thought this was a fantastic fight. Um, it was fairly... Um, I suppose the dynamics were fairly consistent throughout. It wasn't one of those fights where there were kind of like big adjustments by either man. Like, they were both generally doing the same thing throughout the entire fight, but it would work for one or the other better at certain points. But from that, you still got kind of like the clear dynamic that Munoz was just kind of walking him down, battering his legs. Um, but then like Rivera did land a ton of heavy shots um, and Pedro Munoz's chin is just godly. So um, like he landed a few left hooks that are like, how is Munoz just not taking a back step when he eats that? Um, it was really quite impressive in that regard. Um, so no, I thought Rivera looked good, um, as he like always does, but he just can't seem to catch a break. Like he's had such rough matchups, kind of like going back to like the Marlon Marais fight. Like he's gone Marlon Marais, John Dodson, Aljamain Sterling, Petr Jan, Cody Stamen, Pedro Munoz. That's such a strong schedule. Um, yeah. and he's looked good in, um, maybe outside of the, 
Mirai's fight because it didn't really last very long. Um, and outside of, I mean, he didn't look great in the Sterling fight either. Um, outside of those two, he's looked fantastic, <laughs> but he just can't catch a break. Um, so yeah, uh, it's disappointing for Jimmy Rivera because I'm a big fan. Um, so yeah, I hope. But it was a it was a cracking fight. I do think though that a lot of people after this were talking um, how they like that they wanted to see five rounds of this. And I think over five, Munoz could probably finish him. I didn't um, Munoz doesn't really get tired. He looked very strong still at the end of the fight um, and would continue to press forward and like all the attritive damage on Rivera, I think would just take its toll in the end. Yeah, I think, um, I think clearly seen a, a development from, from Munoz and he's, I think continuing to, to grow upwards and yeah, Rivera, um, Rivera, I mean, that is some hell of a six fight run that he's, that he, he's yeah. been on, but that is just the state of the the heavy or the heavyweight division, the bantamweight division. Uh, <laughs> Rivera in the heavyweights that'll be an interesting uh, concept. No, yep. uh, a um, a good a good a good a run as any at bantamweight. But I mean that is yeah. just the state of the the division at the minute. It's just like crazy, crazy stacked. Yeah. Did you hear? Um, it's like there's that funny image that's like gone around after the fight where both of them like <laughs> simultaneously calf kicked each other like yeah, yeah. At exactly the same time. And it's just like I remember, and in the fight as well. Um, I think this is a good kind of like segue to talk about just calf kicks in general. And like in the fight, um, was it Bisping and Felder were talking about? Oh, they might have to think about banning these calf kicks or something. Like yeah. absolutely ridiculous. It was like I don't know, but like they're kind of billed as like these almost undefendable technique. Like, oh, what can you do about a calf kick? But like, plenty of fighters can defend them. Um, like the funniest thing was the first fight on the card because they talk about often that you can't check the calf kick the first fight on the card Jacoby versus Grishin I think in the third round Jacoby hurts Grishin by checking a calf kick so like it is possible you can check this and then there are other ways to defend it as well like if you look at Jose Aldo versus Hanato Moicano um, he had like Moicano had no success with the calf kick because Aldo was just so good at defending it um, so like this can be defended um, it's just fighters need to adapt and learn how to do it um, it's not this undefendable technique um, so yeah that was I just found that quite funny that they were talking about yeah how- no I think <laughs> I think it's certainly less defendable than perhaps you know the upper you know you know the inside leg kick which I think that you know again as I can't remember who I was listening to but I was just listening, listening to someone and you know these things do come in, in in waves, you know, three, four, five years ago, you know, the inside leg kick, everyone was like, you know, how on earth are you supposed to stop that? And now, whilst the inside leg kick is still, you know, a big part of a lot of people's offence, it's, it's hardly this, you know, seen as this unstoppable manoeuvre. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure in, in um, you know, two or three years' time, people will, you know, there will be a recognised strategy to to figure out the the sort of low low kick or the calf kick or whatever whatever you want to call it because you know it's not going away and it's yeah. not getting any less effective so people are going to have to adapt to to this and i'm sure people will as you say you can check it i don't think it's quite as easy to check because of it's not as it's so coming. like when you when you check a like thigh kick that it's very effective because you check it with 
the hardest part of your shin, like just below the knee. Yeah. When you check a calf kick, it's more on like the lower shin, which isn't quite as hard, but it's still possible to check. As you, like Jose Aldo's checked them and as happened in the first fight on the card. Um, the main difference, the reason why I think calf kicks are becoming so big is that they are a lot harder to catch. Um, so there's much less risk of being caught and counted or caught and taken down off them is probably the main thing is why I see they're so much more common in MMA compared to like kickboxing or Muay Thai. We're like, they are legal, but they're just really not seen because of the takedown. I think just overall MMA takes place at a bit further range than kickboxing and Muay Thai. And they are a longer weapon than the thigh kick. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think like those two factors kind of come into play, but also like the thigh kick, I think is also kind of being downplayed as like the calf kick is just so much more effective in terms of damage. And I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think it can be true a little bit. Um, There is like, you can hit the nerve in the calf and that can be very effective. Um, It like shuts down the leg. But just like attritive damage, I think the thigh kick like is just as good. And like when you see a good leg kicker like um, Izzy or Barbosa, they have great success with a thigh kick that they don't need to like. It's just I think part of it is also kind of like a confidence thing. People aren't willing to commit to the thigh kick as much as they are to the low calf kick. So the calf kick seems more effective. But if you get someone that's willing to commit to it, the thigh kicks very effective as well um so yeah i think it is a thing that will last a couple more years in terms of it's going to plague people for a bit and then yeah as you say people will learn and adapt to it and it will still be effective but um you it won't be the kind of thing that you can completely build a game around like you can now yeah uh no i definitely agree um i guess returning back to the fights um Sarah's Croom wasn't exactly much to be talked about. I mean, Croom was just going crazy looking for the takedown. Uh, the only one, I guess, worth mentioning is perhaps Moises Hernandez on the top of the prelims, um, which we highlighted, and that was a fun fight. Um, Moises is now you know, undefeated in his last three. You know, Bobby Green and, well, obviously now Hernandez. Um, and I think looks, you know, someone decent at, Lightweight, he is his his um certainly his stand up improved remarkably, I think, or at least showed good improvements in this fight. And you know, Hernandez is a guy that <clears throat> seems to maintain a whole lot of hype, given that you know Trinaldo um, Trinaldo was he well Trinaldo and Goitzmacher are his only wins and in, in his last five, and the Trinaldo one is dubious at best, <laughs> and it was terrible. <laughs> So I think, you know, Hernandez is a good name. Um, and certainly for for Moises, I think there's a really um I think there's a really promising fighter in there. Yeah, um, like yeah, Hernandez, like first of all, like I'm gonna talk about Hernandez because I really don't like him. Um just like as a fighter. Um I mean as like I don't know, whatever. I didn't like how he was in Donald Cerrone like press conference, but outside of that, um, I don't really know much about him. Uh, but yeah, as a fighter, he's just kind of took the like Dominic Cruz and like TJ Dillashaw style footwork and like how they moved, but he simplified it to like down from all the kind of like cool stuff they do with their footwork, just to like you should just move a lot 
and like that's all he does he just goes out there and goes wild just moving around every direction throwing a load of kind of useless punches um and it's just like it's the kind of fighter that just annoys me um i just don't like watching him fight um but yeah that's hernandez and then moises yeah did look real good like fairly consistently was able to counter hernandez um and had good success kicking him as well um and if you look at like the people he's lost to like benio dariush is a top 10 fighter i think uh very highly ranked and then damir ismalgalov um is very good um he hasn't he's been out for a while because he's been injured but he's one of those kind of like russian fighters like he fights in a very russian way um where he just it's yeah hard to explain but he's just like very polished and like he's defensively responsible and um got good ideas going like on the offense even if he's not necessarily um the most dangerous but yeah so like the two fighters that moises has lost to are very good um and then he's beaten everyone else even if he did look quite bad against michael johnson in the first round um but yeah he's interesting going forward i think he's probably going to get a top 15 fight next um and i'd like to see who that is and how he performs so, yeah, I'm quite excited for him, to be honest. Yeah, he, he's always fun, at least. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, unless you wanted to, to bring up anything else on that card. Um, no, not really. I've touched on the uh, the Jacoby Grishin fight. That was actually quite a fun fight, especially for a light heavyweight uh, fight. Um, Jacoby comes from a kickboxing background um, and, like, really started to use his jab quite nicely against Grishin um, and also really kicked his leg up as well. Um, so yeah, that was quite fun. Um, but outside of that, no, um, nothing in particular. Lovely stuff. Well, yeah, some, some good fights in there. A few talking po- points. If um, even if the, the, the perhaps two main fights didn't exactly live up to, to what we'd hoped, but we move on to, 259 at the weekend, UFC 259. Um, I mean, it is it is busy with a lot of action. Um, I, I, I mean, is there, a, is there an obvious place to start? Do you want to start on the main card and just work our yeah. way down? Yeah, I think that's, that's what we do. All right. Well, we'll, we'll start. We'll start on the. We'll start at the top. We'll work our way down and, and, and see 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 how far we get. Uh, okay. For 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 all the marbles at the top, light heavyweight title fight. <laughs> Uh, Adesanya going for two belts, um, moving up to fight Jan Blahovic in his first defence since, um, well, since, since an, an impressive shutout of of Dominic Reyes. Um, I think, as we've been saying, you know, as we did, we were discussing before we came on, the narrative does feel like, and I, and I think you know, even within perhaps the Blahovic camp. Or the Blahovic, however you say, it, is the the footwork and the the technique and the technical fighting prowess is quite clearly in Adesanya's corner. Um, but I think that goes with essentially most of Adesanya's yeah. opponents. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure there's you know much, unless maybe you were talking about I don't know a hypothetical John Jones fight. But even then, I'm not sure that's the case. Oh, I um, think that Adesanya would make John Jones look quite bad at this point, to be honest. I think that he's far and ahead above John um, from right now. I think especially like 
John Jones in his prime, um, it'd be far more interesting, which I feel like Jones has regressed so much that I just... The, I only want to see that because I want to see Izzy beat him up. That's my yeah. main interest in that fight, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the only, I guess the only, not, not only talking point, but you know, he is moving up a division. Um, Blahovic is our big, strong, built guy for this division. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you said, there have been rumours of weight and, and obviously we, we won't know that um, now, although I wonder when the, uh, I guess the we're not on Fire Island, so the weigh-ins will probably be later today. So we'll see the extent of how our how Adesanya looks, and specifically that weight that has been talked. He's going to come in around sort of perhaps even as low as 193, but I don't think that will happen, as you said um, when we were off air. But regardless of whether he comes in 193 or you know 205, I think it's fair to assume that the power and the just natural strength at the weight will be with Blahovic. Um, is that a possible route to victory? Could we see him? Could we see him just do what he did to Jacare Souza? Problem is, you've got oh. to get him, get him, get him, <laughs> get him to the cage before you can grind him like that. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> um, no, like maybe. Um, so yeah, as you said, like Blahovic is huge, like upper body particularly, um, like. He's built like an absolute tank. Um, so in the clinch, he will be... He's not particularly good in the clinch, but he he's good enough and he's very strong um, to the point that if he were able to kind of consistently pressure Adesanya and get him and clinch him against the cage, I think that could work. But I just don't... Like Adesanya is very difficult to pressure. Um, you saw that in the Costa fight, although obviously Costa wasn't at his best because he was hungover. Um, so you can't say <laughs> that uh, it's not fair. No, it's ridiculous. Um, but he's very difficult to pressure. So I just and Jan's not a particularly good pressure fighter. Um, so I don't see him being able to consistently put Adesanya's back on the cage. Um, and then the power, like you need to be able to cons- at least somewhat consistently land and I don't see him being able to do that I think that he can have some success jabbing with Adesanya particularly if he double jabs so like if he double jabs and goes to the body or double jabs and then particularly finishes it with that body kick that he was landing on Reyes um, that'll be a decent path to like it's not particularly it's not really a path but it'll be it's a starting point at least Um, it's something to kind of build around um but i think he'll have trouble to kind of adding anything more than kind of those two things onto that to really kind of hurt adesanya so obviously anything's possible like he could clip him in the first 30 seconds or like counter him real good um and then like the whole dynamic of the fight changes like you saw in the uh romero fight one of the reasons i think that fight was so bad is that adesanya got countered very early on by Romero, like with a big overhand left, um, and I think that made Adesanya hesitant. He did; he knew like the threat was there. So if if Blakovich can counter him early like that, I think it can put some doubts in Adesanya's mind and throw him off his game a bit. Um, but I think that's like it's a small kind of window of possibility that Blakovich is working there with. Um, outside of that, I think it's going to be kind of 
just the usual Adesanya performance. He'll um, he'll faint, and Blackovich does react to faints, like in the Reyes fight. Um, he, Reyes managed to get Blackovich to bite on quite a lot of faints. He will back up. He does react to them. Um, so Adesanya will faint, kind of freeze Blackovich up, and then get to work with his jab, kind of leg kick system. Um, before Blackovich, as talked about before with Cyril Garn, who was disciplined, Blackovich really isn't disciplined and will lose kind of patience and just blitz forward. Um, and I think Adesanya will be able to really punish him when he does that. Yeah, I think I think you've summed up. The, my only interest will be to see how Adesanya power moves up. I mean, yeah. he's not he's not the you know he's not your well we've not we've not seen him exactly being like a a power puncher in terms of like you know we we've never really seen a scenario where where he's been like unloading shots. It's more been a case of like timing and sort of yeah. catching them like at the, at the optimal point when they're coming in. Um, especially with that sort of like left hook. Um, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, I do feel like, it, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see, we'll see what it, what it, what it feels like when Jan catches Adesanya decently, if he does catch him decently. Um, she probably will at some point. I, I mean, if, 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 if the fight goes 25 minutes, I think it's, I think it's fair to assume he will do at some point, you know, Jan's, Jan's still a, a great fighter and not sure. Okay, we don't want to, undersell that but he is coming up against a guy in Adesanya who is just crazy good and I think will just be too good for, for Jan on the day yeah um, like as you said they're kind of like going back to um, like Adesanya's power um, like yeah he he's not really a power puncher but you know like he doesn't really need to be like he is so precise um, and his timing is so good that like power isn't really necessary and especially when you've got like a huge man running at you like just prodding him is going to kind of hurt him um, just because yeah. Jan will have so much momentum going forward in one of those blitzes that you just don't really need to hit him very hard um, he'll knock yeah. himself out pretty much um, it'll be interesting though um, to see I think yeah, Jan has a very good chin like he is very tough Um so it would be interesting to see how that kind of like matches up against each other um, because Adesanya might be able to hurt him, but like not necessarily really push it, like put him away um, because Jan's, because of Jan's toughness. Um, so yeah, it would like, there are questions. Um, we have to see kind of like how it will shake out, but it is a very uphill battle for Blackovich. I think like that's the fairest way of putting it. Like there are yeah. some things you can do, but it is a big uphill fight. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think we've pretty much summed it all up there. Uh, right, moving on to the next one. Um, I guess from one potential double champ to another, um, well, defending double champion, Nunes, Megan Anderson um, at 145. I mean. You know, Nunes' last fight was a battering of Felicia Spencer, also <laughs> at featherweight, and she now fights someone who comfortably defeated. Um, well, sorry, was comfortably defeated by Felicia Spencer in in, in Megan Anderson. She's not. Uh, well, since since that um, loss, she's essentially fought two 
nobodies who were brought in to to face her. Um, she looked as good as good as good as you can against you know people with essentially no real test, and and now gets this fight. Um, obviously, a huge height discrepancy. Um, although although Nunes is five eight, um, but I just I think as as we were saying. For, for 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 someone of Nunez's caliber, um, you know she's fought long rangey um, fighters in you know Durand and me especially. Um, I don't think she'll be phased, and I think Megan Anderson is not quite on Nunez's level in any aspect of the game. And as much as I'd love to see Anderson drag something competitive out of Nunez, and I think maybe she could. Um, you know she has got a lot of power. I just don't see that happening, and I think. As we've said, you know, Nunes is someone that does just find a way to win in, in whatever whatever avenue presents itself, and I think she'll probably do the same this this time around. Yeah, um, like, yeah, that's kind of it, <laughs> really. Like, it is fairly simple as Nunes is essentially better than her everywhere. Um, like, it can be, I think, the first few minutes, maybe the first round. Um, if Nunez doesn't decide to like pursue a heavily grappling game early um, on the feet, the first round can be maybe decently competitive. Uh, as you said, Anderson is very long and does hit hard. Um, they're like not things that Nunez hasn't faced before. Uh, like Cyborg hits hard, Durand May hits hard. Um, so like Nunez will be at least somewhat used to that i don't know if anderson's ever faced anyone that really hits as hard as nunez um yeah so that'll be kind of interesting to see like if she's phased by that um but yeah i think anderson can have some success kind of like really using her range to start with um but yeah i think after a while nunez will kind of get the reads get the beat on her and kind of start beating her up on the feet and then can take her down essentially whenever she wants. Um, Holly Holm was able to take down Anderson without too much difficulty. Um, and Nunez is a better grappler and a better wrestler than Holly Holm is. Um, so I think that it's just not a particularly interesting fight. It's just going to be almost certainly another Nunez win. If Anderson does win, I'll be very shocked and very impressed, but yeah, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm with you there. But you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, I, I mean, another an, another avenue is also, as you say, you know, you say the first round will be interesting. Obviously, we don't know how far how far the fight will go and in what state either fight will be towards the end. But there is a universe, perhaps more 135 than 145. You know, Nunez's stamina isn't the best. Yeah, um, as I think that is probably more of a case at. at uh, Phantom weight rather than featherweight, but if you know if Anderson's still in the fight, late doors, there's still there's 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 potential there. I reckon. Yeah, I think um, I think that can be a factor, but I think it needs the right fighter to be able to kind of push push her in that way. Like if Nunez is having it all her own way and putting a beating on Anderson, like she might be tired, but Anderson's going to be so much more hurt and done that like I just don't really see that. Like it could happen, um, but I think it would mean Anderson taking 
a lot of damage like by the time we get to the fifth round so i wouldn't count on it um yeah um well we'll move on from that one uh, we've had two that we feel like we know what's going to happen to a certain extent we, we now move on to the final one on the on the sort of uh, championship section of this card um patty yan Aljamain sterling for the bantamweight title my my first thought was i'm i didn't realize they were both the same height um Although Sterling, although although Sterling is um, obviously got the reach, I had in my mind that Jan Light was <laughs> yeah. about five five. I don't I don't I don't know whether that's just topology in uh, um, yeah. Wikipedia I, perhaps being wrong. I'm on Wikipedia I, um, and it says Jan is five seven and a half and Aljo is five seven. In my head, that makes no sense. Um, in my yeah, head, we'll see. Sterling's about three inches taller. Than, like, I mean, there's never, there's never any seems. reliable, there's never any reliable no. stats and height. So we'll see. But I feel like, regardless, um, you know, Sterling is a big guy at the, at the weight division. Um, we've seen his strengths, you know, with his kicking game, with his wrestling, with his sort of submission game, especially and his. Oh, he's a last fantastic wrestler. Last last performance against Sandhagen. Um, and then in in Petayan you have just a a non-stop grinding um, performance that just sort of like a sort of like you um, know waves just like one one wave after the other of just pressure it just builds and builds and builds and then you just get this these big tsunami that just crashes down on you in sort of like the third fourth fifth rounds. Yeah, I think um, it's often used to describe fighters, but I think like the word buzzsaw is just so applicable to Petayan like. That is just him. He will just come forward and just non-stop offense. He's got a very high output. He never gets tired. He makes fantastic reads and he adjusts perfectly to kind of to adjust to your defense to find his own openings. Um, and he, yeah, he's brilliant at it. Um, yeah, Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, in my head, seems like he should be a lot taller than Jan. Um, and he does have the reach. So that is, if you look at the Munoz fight, uh, Sterling's Munoz fight, um, it was Munoz really coming forward and Sterling had to play a very back foot game. Um, but he did have some success about that. Uh, like he did a good job of, even though he was the one always going backwards, always retreating, he still managed to kind of take the initiative and, like start the exchanges so um like generally like with his jab or he'll punch into kicks and he'll kick into punches um he does that well like he mixes and blends his kind of kicking and punching games together even if his punching game isn't like the most technically sound um he does make it work for him so that's something like that he's got there and then he it also does fit together quite nicely with his wrestling game um he like he hits kind of all levels well with punches and kicks and he does a lot of kind of dipping and ducking like in part head movement but also in part to threaten the takedown um so i think that when yan's coming in um yan can kind of sell out on some of his like either a like a left hook a right hand or a head kick yan will really commit himself um 
And I think there is an avenue there for Sterling to like grab an underhook and make his way to the back. And when Sterling's on the back, he's one of the best finishers in MMA at this point. Like he's truly fantastic when he's on the back. So that is really Sterling's path to victory. But I don't know how else. What else do you think of Jan? Like what are Jan's? What's Jan's path? I mean, I think it's just what we've seen from him before. I don't. I don't feel like he's the kind of guy that is going to change his. Um, Style. I mean, obviously, as you said, he'll 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 be more mindful of you know, avoiding having the fight on the ground and, and and perhaps you know overexposing himself to to a position where he could see his sort of like you know back compromised or or, or or be taken down. But I don't think you know I could be I could be horribly wrong. With this I don't feel like Jan's the kind of guy that is gonna you know horribly change or you know drastically change his style. I feel like we are still gonna see him take the center move forward, pressure, leg kicks, just volume. And then just that as a sort of go up and up and up each round. And, and his, 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 his plan will still be to overwhelm Sterling. Yeah. I could like pick him, pick him apart. I do agree. Like Jan, his like overall kind of like, yeah, like, yeah, the overall game doesn't really change. Like there are specific things that he does change for each opponent, but the kind of like, the idea is always the same thing. Like, it's Petty Yan. He's going to do Petty Yan things. Um, I think he does kind of start a bit slow because he does like to get his reads and, like, get his opponent's timing down. And one thing from Sterling's last fights uh, against Munoz and especially against Sandhagen, he's very good about starting very quickly. Like, as soon as the bell yeah. goes, he'll sprint out at you and, like, really take it. Um, try and impose his game on you sh- straight away. Um, so I think that's a good option for Sterling. Um, kind of really catch Jan before he's had a chance to kind of settle into the fight and get his reads. Um, that's a very good option for him. Um, but other than that, I think that in the Munoz fight, Munoz had a lot of success hitting Sterling's body and he did start to slow down. Um because of all the body work and Jan does hit the body well as well. He's got a very nasty straight to the body that he uses quite a lot. Um, he'll also body kick very effectively as well and body jab. He just, he's great. He hits the body beautifully. Um, <laughs> um, so I think as if this fight does go late and Sterling can't catch him, say the first two rounds can't like take his back and submit him. I think late in the fight, this could get very kind of, it was when it rains when, with Jan. When it rains, it pours, and like as it gets later in the fight, it could get quite ugly. I think for Sterling. So first two rounds, I think are Sterling's kind of opportunity. Outside of that, I could really see Jan start to turn it up. But you know, we'll see. I think it's a brilliant fight and one of the best that the UFC could make right now. So I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, I'm just really excited to see how this one plays out. Um, in you know, however it goes. Um, I don't. I don't think this is. There's. There's a way that this can be a bad fight, and I hope. Yeah. I hope I've not tempted fate there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> elsewhere on the card, I mean, there was. There's just plenty to talk about, even in the rest of these main card. Um, Makashev drew Dober. This feels like a cracker waiting to, wait, waiting to come to fruition. I mean, the last time Makashev fought was. All the way back in September uh, 2019 against Dabby Ramos. 
That was a while ago. I know he's, he's supposed to fight R- RDA, um, and that didn't happen because of I think it was a was it a, a Makachev injury, and I think that was rescheduled a couple of times due to COVID and, and, and various injuries. Um, he's now obviously got a different opponent in Drew Dober, whose last performance was an impressive one against Alexander Hernandez, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was uh, also a KO of Hat Prest in in, in January. Um, how, what are your sort of initial thoughts on on this matchup? Um, it's one of those that I haven't like looked at closely. Like I have a general feel of both men, but like nothing. I haven't like followed their careers closely. I suppose I don't know a whole lot about them. I know like I've really enjoyed Dover's last few fights. I think he's looked very impressive. Um, he's nasty countering, um, and he has legitimately very good ideas going forward um like in the hernandez fight he really shut hernandez down and managed to um like any success hernandez had he managed to take that away from him over the course of the fight and then just really put a beating on him um so i liked that i really like uh that about doba but then he he did get um so looking at his record he did get triangle armbarred by Benil Dariush. I don't know how that played out because I haven't actually seen the fight. Um, <laughs> so I can't really say that much. But um, it does maybe show potential grappling weaknesses. Um, and Dober's like a fairly decent enough wrestler from what I've seen. Um, but if there is someone to take advantage of any kind of lingering grappling weaknesses, Islam Makhchev is going to be one of the people to do it um so yeah i don't know like it is kind of like a classic striker versus grappler um but yeah i'm not particularly sure on like the specifics yeah like i feel like i feel like we've both got a good grasp of what their two styles are but i'm not exactly sure how they sort of clash against each other and and yeah who's who's able to impart their style best upon the other i think i would probably favor makashev but i think doba is also as 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 we said i think when we were i, I feel like i felt like we always come back to this podcast um uh, the one we did at the start of the year which didn't which never actually reached ah, the airwaves um he was he was someone we mentioned as as being 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 someone who had a really good 2020 and, and improved yep. quite a lot so interesting. i mean another thing you know makashev you know as we said hasn't hasn't fought in well best part of you know, a year and a half. So interesting to see how sharp he is coming back in. But I think I would just about favour his his all round game. I think he, especially in the in the Ramos fight, if I can remember that correctly, but also in the uh, fight before that, the Sayukin fight did show um, you know beginnings of improvements in his in his striking game. And I think he'll probably just about get the better of Dober, but we'll see. Um, Final yeah, I one think on this. I'll, go on, I'll take bad. Dober. I'll take Dober to make it interesting. I'd like, and that's more from like the standpoint I've had. I'd like Dober to win. Um, yeah, I prefer it if he won. Won, won. Um, so I'm going to take Dober. Go on, I think he'll knock him out. I think he'll catch him, catch him early. Um, something like that. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, go on, we'll I'll take Dober. Um, final one on the main card. Um, Thiago Santos, Alexander Rakic. Um, Santos coming off his loss to Glover Teixeira, but sort of saying that that was a very much a, 
a tune-up fight following his um, his lengthy timeout with his with his various knee injuries, um, and Alexander Rakic coming off a um, a fairly dull, um, if 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 not dominant, performance against Anthony Smith. Um, I mean, Rakic has obviously got tree trunk legs and will be using those kicks and probably some of the wrestling game that we saw against Anthony Smith. Um, and then in terms of Santos, it's just like you don't really know what you're going to get with him. Uh, you could yeah. get you could get a sort of um, John Jones performance style, like like we saw against John Jones, which was actually pretty measured and probably won the fight in my opinion. Or you can get something like like we saw against Glover to share, where he's just sort of like spurts of activity and non-activity, and, and then just sort of a, a pretty whimsical, flimsy, um, <laughs> you know decline into a into a sort of ground and pound so I'm, I'm hoping Santos can drag a fun fight out of Rakic because he's a good fighter um but he does strike me as someone who is you know fairly um sort of template with a lot of his offense yeah um I'm not gonna lie until you just said it I completely forgot that Santos uh fought Globes Shearer in, <laughs> in my head Santos hadn't fought since the John Jones fight, I completely forgot that. But now that you mentioned it, I did remember it. It was quite funny. He like he hurt Glover like multiple times and just wasn't able to finish him, and then like got tired and choked out, wasn't it? Something like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I completely forgot about that. Um, but yeah, that's cool. And then Rakic is yeah, he's a weird one. Um, he can be fun. He has a very kind of kick heavy game for a light heavyweight. Um, He's very like agile and athletic with his kicks, um, but so does Santos as well. He'll throw rogue out there like kind of cartwheel kicks as well. So um, I ex- like maybe I'm tempting fate. Say I kind of expect madness, and I expect that this should be quite fun. Um, but yeah, I think that we should get a fun fight here. A, a bit wacky, uh, maybe not like a defensive clinic by either man, um, but. <laughs> something to enjoy i think um and i hope santos is back back at his like kind of crazy dangerous best yeah let's let's hope so um elsewhere on the on the on the prelims or the early prelims what's what's taking your fancy i mean dominic cruz sort of stands out in terms of um you know he's gone from well ages on the shelf to getting a sort of rogue title shot against Cejudo and now middling at well well sort of then dropping quite a quite a way down the rankings perhaps even outside the rankings I'm not sure Casey Kenny is um I think he's on ranked. the edge let me check um Casey Kenny is not ranked no so um this is quite the step down from champion to unranked opponent but <laughs> but certainly probably a good opportunity to see the actual state of Dominic Cruz in 2021. Yeah. Um, I think he didn't look necessarily like awful against Cejudo. I think Cejudo just fought a good game plan. Like it, Cejudo fought a good fight. Um, so yeah, it was difficult to say like how good Dominic, ne- uh, Dominic Cruz necessarily looked in that fight because he just don't really know. Um, I think that if he's kind of near his best, he should have not, too much of a tough time with Casey Kenny. I think the wrestling is probably open, like fairly consistently. Um, 
Like Tavashvili was able to get um, Kenny down fairly consistently from what I remember. Um, yeah. And I think Cruz does have fantastic, at his best, has fantastic timing on his shots, on like reactive takedowns. Um, so I think that that will be very open for Cruz and the rest of the time he's just going to be Kenny having a bit of trouble tracking Cruz down. So I think I sh- I think I'll go with Cruz, but yeah, it really does depend on how good he looks. Yeah, I think we'll we'll find that out. Um, Song Yudong versus Kyle Phillips. Song Yudong has sort of stalled a bit in this bantamweight division in in, in the last sort of few performances. Um, drew with Cody Stamen and then got I think a pretty lucky victory against Marlon Vera. Um, I think a lot of people had that for Marlon Vera. He comes up against Kyler Phillips, who's uh, I think his second fight in the UFC. I oh, know his third, um, so that'll be uh, one to one to keep an eye out for as well. Um, Benavidez Askar Askarov. Um, Benavidez coming off his well two absolute um, pastings by by Davison Figueroa. I'm not sure there's any other way to put it. Um, he he drops down. Not 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 far to be honest to fight um, Askar Askarov, who is probably the next in line outside of Moreno in terms of um, somebody who's going to get a title shot. I mean, he's undefeated in the UFC. Got a, in fact got a got a split draw with Brandon Moreno, um, and their wins over Tim Elliott and and sort of Alejandro Pantoja. Um, yeah, I mean, there there obviously is going to be a, a wrestling background to. To Askarov, Askarov, um, and and just the case is sort of where is Benavidez at this point in his career, and and, and can he can he deal with that sort of pressure? Uh, yeah, I think it will be like based on that, it should be kind of like the f- really fun type of flyweight fight, the kind of fight that you only really get at flyweight, which is a real real scrambly fight. Um, both of these are very good scramblers. Um, like Benavidez, even fairly faded, which we think he is at this point, um, can still wrestle, <laughs> wrestle like no man's business. So um, I think this will be a fun fight and it will be good to kind of gauge if Benavidez really is kind of done. Um, and if he isn't, then that kind of makes uh, Davidson Figueredo look more impressive by battering him both those times. Um, so yeah, if, if Benavidez looks good here, that's good for Figueredo. Um, but if not, I think we'll get a good, a solid fun fight out of it anyway. Definitely. Um, any other fights you want to sort of bring our attentions to? I mean, there's a lot. I mean, as I said, Tim Elliott on the early prelims, he's normally yeah. a good fight. I mean, Kaikara France, the one below that, um, Kaikara France is normally a, a guaranteed sort of shoe-in for a good fight. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this... Like plenty of other fights that uh, feel like there's a women's strawweight fight. I don't know either of the fighters. Actually, do I? Um, Not particularly. I've heard of them, but I don't know much about them. Um, But like just some of the other fights have the look (laughs) of the, like there's no bad kind of low ranked heavyweight fights here. Um, On the early prelims, you've got flight or you've got light heavyweight. Maybe avoid that one. But then welterweight, women's strawweight, lightweight, bantamweight, all recipes for good fights, um, just based off the divisions. So I think that we'll have a good fun night. I think that 
I all think the, that is without a doubt. Solid. So yeah, I think we we've got a lot of good fights in store to to talk about, and and we'll certainly see. Um, we'll see where we are next week. Um, well, unless unless you've got anything else you wanted to to mention. Uh, no, not in particular. Um, well, fantastic. Well, if that being the case, um, we will leave it there for this week. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, and, and we'll be back next week to talk, um, well, hopefully try and preview this, this mammoth of a card, what well, preview to rather to, to, to review this mammoth of a card, but also to look forward to, um, hopefully Touchwood. I won't believe it until they're in the ring or in the octagon. Uh, Leon Edwards versus Bilal Mohammed. Um, We'll talk about that and the other fights that are coming up on that card. Um, in fact, I've just seen Ricardo Ramos versus Tukov. That could be quite fun. Um, but we will, yeah, we will, we will leave that for next week. Um, yeah, stay safe, everyone, and um, we'll see you then. See ya. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.